Welcome back to Out of the Question, brought to you by The Kicker. The Kicker is my newsletter slash website, which contains film, TV and comedy journalism and opinion. And it has heartfelt op-eds on getting through life as well. You can also get a scrapbook of bonus content on all Out of the Question episodes. That's thekicker.substack.com. You can subscribe for free, or if you want to help keep the show on the road, it's five bucks a month. That's thekicker.substack.com. Now, this week's guest on Out of the Question is writer, comedian, and musician Andrew Hansen. He's the member of The Chaser who sings and sometimes gets into trouble for the lyrics he sings. I think he's hilarious in the style of a shorter Cleese or a stronger George Timbrook Taylor, while at the same time being completely his own thing. He's also been a radio presenter on the ABC, Triple M and Nova, and he's toured his live stage shows around the country many times. In fact, you can catch his new show, Andrew Hansen is Cheap, in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Canberra and Launceston in the next few months. Just type in bio.2 forward slash Andrew Hansen and all the dates will be revealed. All right, we had a good chat. He's a decent man, Andrew Hansen, and I started by asking him, how does he think his fellow workers would describe him? Oh, this worries me. This keeps me up at night sometimes, Adam, because I'm very aware of my many, many failings. Like there are so, there are so many of them, but the thing about failings is, you, you know, any, per, any given person's only aware of some of their failings. Most of them you're blind to. And, you know, I know that I've got like hundreds of severe personal failings. So imagine how many there are in total. <laughs> there must be, <laughs> there must be another 10 times that amount that, you know, there'd be a whole lot of that I can't even see as well. <laughs> So I, I, I'm a bit worried about what they think of me, you know, people who I've, who I've worked with. I mean, we say co-workers, but of course, in entertainment, that can be anybody, can't it? Because mm. you, you flip from one project to another. Um, I suppose mo- I, most people seem to think that I, I just work with the other Chaser guys <laughs> 365 days a year. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really. But, but they, I reckon they would, I mean, they're, they're the people I've worked with the most. And I think they'd say I was stubborn, I reckon. I think that'd be one of them. And and really cowardly. That'd be the two, the, ironically, the two things. So I dig my heels in. I know I do this. I know that if I don't like an idea or something, or if I object to something, I will not change. I'll just, ah, I'll yes. just dig in like a mule. And no amount of logic or reasoning can change my mind, even if I'm <laughs> proven wrong. <laughs> I'm one of those. Isn't there a psychological condition where if you're proven wrong by facts, you're just digging harder? And you say, no, <laughs> that's me. And um, but also, I'm a pushover. Like ironically, I'm a real pushover because I'm such a coward. So I don't like a conflict. I'm very conflict averse. So I think they'd they'd see me as those two things. Very very spineless and also ironically very stubborn. How did you deal with the conflict then? You know, with with in the, especially at the height of the chase, or when the, there was feedback coming from everywhere, and there were those scandals. Now, some people love scandals. How did you deal with it? Yeah, they were kind of fairly badly. I mean, I tried to just move on and ignore it and be be cool about it, like you know, like the Beatles do in that Get Back documentary. <laughs> you know, they just they just sort of take the piss out of the bad news articles <laughs> and that must have been, I mean they were the Beatles they must have had a lot more press than some Australian <laughs> comedy group <laughs> so that's not true compared to them <laughs> yeah compared to them we didn't have much no it, it, I mean I never enjoyed it because I always thought that what I was doing was just trying to make a sort of diverting show 
um, on TV. You know, mm. I wasn't even sure that I was trying to make a funny show. Just, just, a, just one that was entertaining, really, and amusing. <laughs> and it never. We often got accused of deliberately causing controversy or deliberately trying to get attention, which is definitely not the case, you know, especially on those weekly turnaround shows. You're really just panicking, trying to think, oh, my God, how do we fill up the show? Yeah. Um, you know, let's try and write something that's interesting or funny. And I guess, you know, occasionally sometimes our sense of humour would tend towards the comedy of wrongness or you know, not very often though. Ninety-nine percent of what the chaser did was totally harmless, um, and occasionally, you know, that we'd throw in an off-color joke. But you know, that's just <laughs> a type of joke, really. It was, yeah. You know, I think it happens to any high-rating show, though, doesn't it, Adam? Where the media they like people to read their stories, they like people to click on the articles. So any high-rating show is going to get reported on, and that's what happened. I was lucky that most of our TV shows were kind of pre-social media outrage. It was sort of before the the time when mm. the world had learned that being outraged is a pastime. So, so most of our <laughs> most of the outrage was actually from the the, the newspapers and the uh, current affairs shows. Yeah. You know, but it did it, we did reach a point when our shows were very popular. Every Every week there would be a news, without fail, there'd be a news story about just what was on our sketch comedy show the night before. I remember thinking, wow. what a weird thing to put in the news. <laughs> like, oh, this, this. <laughs> and in breaking news, a sketch comedy program, you know, featured a sketch about guide dogs <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> You're dead right. I remember it. Yeah. It was yeah, like, it, it was a huge group consciousness and what you know it was like for two years it felt like whatever you guys did you'd read about it big or small yeah i thought it was mad i thought it was really quite bonkers um yeah and I, so i didn't like it too much uh and i got very stressed when i you know when chris kenny sued us oh, yes. uh, I, I found that quite stressful um Again, you know as as would yes. most people I, suppose. I think i think i don't think the other guys did particularly um, but I never try. I'm a pessimist, Adam. You know, I don't trust things to work out right. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I sort of thought, oh, this will almost certainly end with me losing every cent I have. Um, and it made I... me angry that over a joke, this guy had threatened the financial security of my family you know, mm. and my and my kids, and and that made me cross. Yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely. Question two is, what's the most unhelpful feedback you've received? Yeah. Oh, gee, I think it might have been, I reckon I, it was when I was learning to play the piano when I was a kid. Um, and I went, I had one piano teacher, I had a few. There was one piano teacher who was this classic kind of rather sort of dowdy, older lady. I mean, I was like, she was probably 30 or something, but I, you know, I, I, was, in, I was a kid. I thought she was yes. like 130. And I'd go to her quiet, dusty house that smelt of small dogs, <laughs> which yes. she kept. And I'd always have to wait before the lesson in this very quiet lounge room. And it, it, it was just like a movie. It had a clock, you know, in quiet rooms and movies, yes. there's always a clock <laughs> slowly, <laughs> slowly ticks, tick, tick, tick. She had that. And then I'd go in. And her feedback, if I made a mistake on the piano, she was a very strict piano teacher, you know, gave me these strict exercises on the piano that were composed by this, you know, oh, awfully misanthropic composer called Hannon, whose, whose only compositions I think were 
were finger exercises <laughs> repeated. Wow. So, so all of his songs, they, they sound like, you know, you know his that's what he wrote and you were meant to play these songs to learn how to play the piano they're designed to teach you to play right they're not really designed to listen to and and if i made a mistake her response would be what like that that was the feedback what how did you untangle yourself from her? Oh, look, I th- actually, I, I, it's a great question. I don't know why I migrated from her to another teacher, but I'm guessing she probably dropped dead and my yeah. parents never told me. <laughs> I, you know, it must have been something like that. Because why, why would I? I don't know, you know. Because um, I, I never complained to my parents about it because they, you know, mum would just say, oh, what nonsense, come on, you've got to go and do it. Yeah, so that yeah. was that. I reckon that was the least helpful feedback, but boy, there have been some... I mean, there have also been some terrible feedbacks in, you know, as an adult. Uh, <coughs> lawyers have become very nervous, I, I found out. I'm like, a... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're much, yeah. much more nervous than they used to be about writing a show. So oh. a couple of years ago, I wrote this TV show with Chris Taylor, and uh, it hasn't been released yet. But we, when we were writing it, the lawyers were exceedingly nervous to the point where, uh, see, I think what's happened is they, they'll only accept zero risk. You know, whereas in the old days, they'd accept a certain level of risk. They'd be like, yes. oh, well, say, well, there's a small chance that this might cause a problem. Whereas now, if there's even if there's 0.0001% chance of a legal issue, the lawyer will say, no, no, you can't do that. It's higher than zero. Oh so I, the only script that a screen lawyer will now agree to is a blank one, basically. Yeah. I, I think they'd be happy. Yes. <laughs> a blank screen, they'd be fine with that. But if there's any... <laughs> Dialogue. God forbid you submit a, di- a line of dialogue. That oh no, this is a legal risk. Yeah. Oh mate, I found that as well. As and you just kind of, I used to rail at it, and now I just accept it and go, yeah. Well, what what do you want? What do you want? How can I help? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and you find you end up with a they they make funny suggestions for oh. for a legally safe line of dialogue. You... Oh, it's, you do realize the difference between professional writers and lawyers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in actual in sentence construction or joke construction. Well, they don't um, like jokes particularly because lawyers no. insist that it has to be read literally, don't they? So yeah, there's yeah. no place for irony or sarcasm. No, what happened to that? What happened to that law that protected us for when we did were doing satire? Wasn't there a yeah, law? It seems to. Oh, I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> or it can be overridden. You know, I guess it can be. Out argued by a more expensive team of lawyers on the other side. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. I mean, yeah, defamation law is a little bit. I, uh, um, it doesn't favour. It doesn't favour. I don't know who it favours anymore. Actually, I, I should. I shouldn't have started that sentence. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, nobody. I reckon Adam. It's, I. I wish they'd just get rid of it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It should just not be a law at all. <laughs> um, what is the failure you most cherish? I, I think it's probably a series of failures, I would say. I'd say it's my all of my catastrophically bad relationships that I've had over the years. I, they were, every single one of them was just a major disaster. I, I just had, I started to lose all hope, you know, after a series of girlfriends who all ended up just thinking I was the most appalling loser. 
And um, <laughs> I, but I, I owe a lot to those failures because then I finally found somebody who actually liked me and it worked, yeah. um, who I'm married to. Now, you know, now I'm married to, to Jess, who's also, you know, a writer and an artist. And, and it's been terrific. It's just been the most fabulous time. Most, most great. I mean, what, what have we been together like 15 years? So That's great. without all those, yeah, I think without me being such an absolute crap person and, you know, just having such terrible skills at um, at maintaining a relationship and failing at all those other ones, I, I never, you know, this wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have had my kids. Yep. So, um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you very much to all of those uh, those. <laughs> women who can't stand me <laughs> have you had any I owe you a lot. or have you had have you had any kind of uh dealings with them since are, are you kind of friendly with them well oh god no no they won't talk to me <laughs> the barge pot no no they can they hate me adam no god never never again i mean i'd be happy to you know i've got i've got no problem with them but vice versa is not the case yeah <laughs> i do sometimes think you know it crosses my mind whenever I do appear on television that there must be a certain amount of people from my life who just look at the television and just with, just with hate, just go, oh, yeah, I really don't like that guy. <laughs> I remember when that guy did dot, dot, dot. Um, it's weird to be hated. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel there's too many of them hate them. Actually, I think there might only be, you know, maybe one. Or two really hate me, and, and the re- but the rest are just more, I think more embarrassed. I, I I don't feel they hate me necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it yeah. might just be more like they they look at me and think, oh God, what was I thinking? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what, probably more. What, I don't know why him? I <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more right. sort of yeah. It's just it's like when you look at an old piece of work that you did, or um, and just think, oh. Oh, yes. that's terrible! What what was I doing at that time? They must look at me that way. Yeah, I, I I have thought of that. I haven't thought of it for a while because I haven't been on television for a while. But sometimes I do think, oh, I wonder what she thinks when she sees my head on, uh, on the screen. <laughs> well, does, does it spoil her night? <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Might. Well, that's the problem with with you and me and and performers is, I guess, the problem we cause for those mm. people is that they have to see us. You, you know, in out of context and stuff like that, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> or or you've, you've got a tour poster or, or something, um, and or you've, you're on the screen or you're on the radio or something, and, and that must be horrible for them. They must, be, they must just go, oh, I thought I was done. That's right. I thought I didn't guy. have to see that face. <laughs> We're like little ghosts that just keep haunting them. Yeah, it must be terrible. Um, yeah. Imagine if you were, imagine if you're like James Corden's. X oh, or so, yeah. like somebody who's just ubiquitous, yes. Prince Harry or something, or someone who's just everywhere. That would be horrendous. You'd yeah. have to lock yourself in a room or a newsreader. You're the the ex of a, a newsreader. News <laughs> <laughs> you you wouldn't know what was going on in the news. You That's didn't watch right. it. <laughs> um, which word or phrase do you most overuse? My most overused phrase, I think, ever since becoming a. A dad, I reckon. This it would be um the phrase, Oh, did you now? I say <laughs> that constantly. And the reason is because with with little kids, they're always telling you something. And because uh, I've got two, you know, they t- you've got to you've got to respond to them, I found, uh, with, with small children. With this has happened with both my kids anyway. I don't know if others work this way, but mine definitely. 
whatever they're telling me about it might just be, you know, uh, Daddy, I found a purple block. Well, you know, and if you yeah. don't express some amazement, <laughs> or, you know, or if you ignore them because you've got a thousand other things to do, they get quite frustrated. Daddy, I found the purple block. Daddy, I found. And so, and I get to that point, and then I remember to turn to them and say, oh, "Whoa, did you now?" And sometimes I add, "Well done." So yeah. that's my most overused phrase these days is, oh, did you now? Well done to my kids. And I and say it, it all day. It, it, it works. You finally acknowledge them and they move on to the next thing. <laughs> I do that all day, all day. But I, yeah. There, is, there are overused. I, I try not to overuse phrases, though, Adam, because um, they annoy me. I'm one of these people who gets annoyed by language. Mm. <laughs> yes, some people. I don't, oh. I don't, I don't like there are certain phrases or, or, Misuses of words or tiny little things that that bother me. I don't. I don't want to be a pedant. I'm not a. I'm not an apostrophe police or anything. But it annoys me. For instance, on socials, I I, I feel there's an overused phrase on on Twitter that bugs me, which is when people start a tweet with, uh, "Let's be clear," they say, "Let's be." It's if somebody if somebody's about to embark on a moral lecture, yeah. which is pretty much every tweet. <laughs> then they always they often start with let's be clear, and then they say, you know, the reasons there's a problem with some blah 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 is this, you know, and the reason you are a bad person is because of this, whatever. But they always, well, I, I, I feel it's unnecessary. I mean, it's a tweet, yeah. you know, it's a very short piece of text anyway, so it's surely it's going to be clear. Yes, even if you don't say let's be clear. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's like it's redundant to say let's be clear. I mean, just yeah. be clear. With whatever you say. Yes, yes. I hate redundancy. Yes, and it's also it's it's also that holier than thou, yeah, tone that you know. Oh, here we go. If somebody has all the answers. Somebody's absolutely correct about something. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be. I've got a um a thing, especially up here, and it's hospitality staff who say it. How are we? So it's like oh we're, yeah, seeing a bunch. You know, we, we're approaching the the <laughs> restaurant and the maitre d' will say, "How are we today?" And you go. Well, and in my immediate thing, well, well, I'm fine. Um, I can't speak on behalf of you. Uh, so yeah, I find a it a bit patronising too, you know, to be honest. That's such a good one. That is annoying. Yeah. Oh, that is irritating, isn't it? You don't oh, get goodness. it so much in Melbourne. Um, it's a it's a Northern Rivers thing. <laughs> definitely. Is, is it really? Is that a bit of a Northern thing? I, I feel I've heard it. But it's, it's yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard that. I, it's kind of a softening. I imagine what they're going for is a... It softens the how are you sounds like a bit of an attack, doesn't it? Like that's psychoanalyze right. them. <laughs> it's very direct. Very direct calls them a you. Well, you and it is <laughs> a plural. Be... Uh, pl- David Mitchell said something about you being a plural the other day. He said, let's go back to let's I think we should strike you as a plural and, and go back to thou calling each other. Well, thou. there's something to be said for this, you know, and, and you know, the French have a, a polite you for people you don't know very well. Ah. Whereas if you know the person pretty well, you're too. So I feel maybe we're missing that. Maybe how are we kind of comes from that. that There's an awkwardness of like, I've never met you. It's a bit aggressive to just call you you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. You've actually tempered my my feelings about it now. They're just being very French about (laughs) it. That's right. I'll I'll try and think (laughs) of it in those terms. Oh, yeah. Everybody to the north, in northern New South Wales. I mean, it's, yeah. 
pretty much the same as Paris, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, do, what about like, and I'm not a songwriter at all, but I have uh, heard a lot of songwriters talk about um, the, uh, trying not to start every song with I was walking down the street or something like that. Do you do, do you have a, a kind of a, fra- a phrase that you, you go to too often and you go, oh, no, I use that. I've used that before. I'll, uh, I can't use that again. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there might be, especially in in rhyming. That's more I find. You know, I mean, I'm a comedy songwriter, so I don't have to. I don't have to start with I was walking down the street, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there's definitely certain rhymes. The 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 bad thing is if you want to write a funny song about a a thing that doesn't have an easy rhyming word, you know, yes. like if you <clears throat> if you want to write a song about about a castle or something for instance you've you've only got parcel yes and, and that's it um, <laughs> <laughs> you almost you have to all... abandon the song you have to turn it into a sketch instead <laughs> i find you know, sometimes i've just gone oh this can't be a song because it's not a rhymey thing i can't just... got, got nothing for castle apart from parcel i used it before that's no we that's <laughs> yeah. uh it's killed it <laughs> That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. I, I was doing it with the song. I've, I've got a new song um, that I've started playing very recently at gigs about uh, teeth. You know, it's a it's a, it's a love song. <laughs> problem is, my only problem with this other person is that they they don't have very good teeth, and and there's not much that rhymes with teeth. I managed to get the song out, and I, I'm quite happy with it. But you know, it really only rhymes with beneath. Peter Reith. Oh, oh, yeah, or Peter Reith. Yes. <laughs> and he didn't really feel like he had a place in this song. So it was difficult, but I got there. I got there. Yeah, you, you have to move the word. You have to kind of move the word earlier in the line and, and, and end the line with a rhyming word instead, you know. I've often thought about that as like what, again, not a songwriter, but what is allowed in the in the rhyming spectrum. I mean, you know, because some, some of those rhymes are, quite you know quite rubbery that songwriters famous songwriters use yeah i love a rubbery rhyme myself yeah <laughs> I, I love a, a dangerous rhyme but there dangerous. are some yeah I've, there are definitely some songwriters who believe you they should all be perfect rhymes i'm mm-hmm. um yeah i gather uh, melvin morrow who's <clears throat> julian morrow's dad and you know has written some musicals like dusty oh really uh, right. apparently he thinks you, you should always have a perfect rhyme Whereas I, I, I think the opposite. I mean, I'm a Bob Dylan fan, you know, and he, he comes up with all sorts of naughty, yeah, rhyme, yeah, and squishes, squishes them together, which I and don't I mind. That. I, I didn't know what, I just don't know what the rules are, if there are any, really. Yeah, I, you know, I guess the rules are made up by the audience, I suppose, in the end. Yeah, whether, yeah, whether they like it or not. <laughs> that's true. <Okay. laughs> Got away with that. That's uh, that's uh. <laughs> Um, the final question, mate, is do you have a motto? Yeah, I came up with one, Adam. I came up oh, with good. one. Um, in 2001, my my life was not going terribly well. I was very unhappy and I'd been very unhappy for a long time. So, and then I came up with this motto. I restructured my thinking that year completely and it really helped me. And my motto is <clears throat> uh, life is terrible. And I live by that, or, or, or life is hard. Sometimes I just think life is hard. And I found, at least for me, I became so much happier when I just accepted that because I'd spent my whole life fighting against the idea 
you know, I sort of grew up just kind of expecting that life ought to be rather good and that mm. things ought to turn out well. Um, and then when I finally just accepted that actually, oh, actually, you know, it's not just me. Everybody has a hard life. <clears throat> Everyone finds it extremely difficult. I mean, it's a miracle that we can even get out the door in the morning when you think of all the stuff you have to do to get from bed to that point and, mm. uh, you know, let alone deal with all the other crap in life. <clears throat> and I found it really helped me and I, I was, my mental health has been so much better. I don't, you know, I imagine a lot of sort of wellness people probably would disapprove of this motto. It just, it personally works for me. It might, it might not work well for everybody to think, to get up every morning and think, God, life's hard. <laughs> that's what I do. And it, uh, but I like it. I like it. It just makes it, things so much better for me, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, I recommend trying it anyway. If you, you know, if you're finding that you're thinking, whoa, what? If you, especially if you're a bit self-pitying, like I tend to be. And, uh. I think it's, you know, it stops you having it stops you doing that. I think it's all of us, mate, in entertainment. Uh, we're all a bit we're all a bit self pitying. <laughs> well, we have to, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We've got um, it. Nobody else is going to pity us, are they? <laughs> that's right. That's not not in this country. Um, so yeah, I think that's no. so. It's a lowering expectations thing. Oh, changing expectations. It's mm. yeah. You know, it's it's changing. Maybe not lowering them, <clears throat> but for me, you know, uh, yeah. So if something bad happens, you go yes. Yes. Well, of course, this bad thing has happened. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just do the, another thing. Yes. Instead of going, oh no, a bad thing has happened. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You came up with that in two thousand and one, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you just rolled with the punches a little more after that, and that, and that helped. That's right. But it was about rolling with the punches. Yeah. I mean, also, I think my life kind of improved just, just accidentally after that. But yeah, yeah, you know, but. It, but it also put me into a position where I would try and do something, you know, instead of just sort of going to bed and just going, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, I'd, <clears throat> I'd put in maybe a bit of effort. <laughs> <laughs>